Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. I think we really got something in. What do we got? An idea. What idea? An idea for the show. I still don't know what the idea is. It's about nothing. Right. Everybody's doing something. We'll do nothing. The nightcap. They say, what's your show about? I say nothing. There you go. I think you may have something here. On WGR Sports Radio 550. Good evening, folks. For those of you out there listening throughout Western New York or beyond, welcome to the nightcap. I am John Simon filling in tonight for Sneaky Joe. He's enjoying a nice, long, long weekend. And he avoided, uh, you know, an interesting day here in Saberland. But we're going to talk about that in a minute. Tonight is my nightcap hosting debut. Not my first time on the show, but first time in the host chair. Could be the last, uh, depending on how the next 58 minutes and change goes. But it can't be as bad, honestly, as how the last 10 years of Sabres hockey has been, right? And that's how the day is going to start. That's how tonight's going to start. We had locker cleanout day down at Key Bank Center, a number of the Buffalo Sabres uh, veteran players speaking today with the media, including Captain Jack Eichel, Sam Reinhart, uh, Rasmus Ristolainen, Jeff Skinner. And it was, uh, once again, a very somber end of the season for the Buffalo Sabres. They, uh, of course, are at 10 years now of missing the playoffs. And, uh, you know, the frustration is caught up. The big story here is Jack Eichel is very disgruntled. He's not happy. And his uh, his future in Buffalo is now certainly... In question, uh, we'll bring Brian Koziel, Sabres, pregame, postgame, basically our Sabres network host here at WGR to get his thoughts on Eichel in a second. But, you know, I had a plan today when I, I, when I wanted to do this show. I wanted to talk about non-Sabres things because the Sabres have brought nobody but grief and frustration over at least the last 10 years here. And, you know, the the afternoon guys, Chopin Bulldog, just talked about it for four hours. The morning guys, Howard and Sal, will talk about it for four hours tomorrow morning. So I wanted to give us some sort of a break from this Jack Eichel news and from the frustrations of the Buffalo Sabres. And we'll get into that break. But first, like I said, we're going to bring on Brian Koziel. He's been, you know, watching the Sabres all season. He's been doing it for a number of years. He's been well entrenched basically during this entire 10-year playoff drought. So, Brian, you know, just to start out here, what is your initial reaction on these Jack Eichel comments that we heard earlier today? Well, I would say that they are, I guess, disheartening. They are disappointing. I, I don't know if I would say surprising, though. I felt like this 
may have gotten to this point where Eichel and the organization just were not seeing eye to eye on their injury and, you know, the surgery and the decision on what to do next. Uh, just been kind of, you know, hearing things about the fact that they weren't on the same page. Uh, I mean, let's face it, if, if there was no injury and Jack Eichel still said some of the same things he said today um, beyond the injury items, if it was about being frustrated because his career seemingly now is being stuck um, on a team that can't make the postseason or can't even get a sniff of the playoffs itself, uh, you'd understand it. But now throwing into the fact that there's an injury dilemma in which the team and the organization and Eichel himself obviously have a huge difference of opinion on, uh, that adds another layer to it. And then, of course, if you're going to think about Eichel being moved, Eichel being traded, whether or not he's fully healthy, whether he'll be coming off a surgery or not a surgery, like there's all these little extra layers to it. But uh, today, to me, I feel like it, it wasn't too surprising, but I guess to really hear it out loud that Eichel is at where he's at is really disheartening because this franchise obviously spent, I guess you'd call it multiple seasons, trying to tank to get a player of his caliber and uh, now it looks like maybe there's a spot where we could be at the end of the road with essentially zero success from start to finish. Right, Brian. And like you said, injury aside, I mean, you just read the room, not with Eichel alone, just with all the guys that spoke to him. I mean, Sam Reinhart said a couple of times, you know, nobody wants to be here for another rebuild, especially not the guys that have been on the roster for the last five, six years. So even without the injury problems with Eichel as of late, you know, like you said, you kind of just get that the same sense that we got from Ryan O'Reilly a few years ago, where there seems to be, you know, a point of no return with Eichel and the Sabres. And, you know, like you said, without the injury, he you could just tell from his tone and from his, his facial expressions that it just seems like he's kind of done with this place. And it's interesting where they'll go from here. Yeah, I guess I understand where Eichel's coming from. Uh, I don't think Eichel is 100% to be left off the hook either. I think that, you know, since he's kind of essentially become the face of this franchise, whether he liked it or not, I mean, he did uh, when they drafted him second overall, of course, years ago. But when the, when the last sort of, you know, the, the Ryan Giantas and that sort of group moved on, um, you had him become the captain. And I think from there, like, he wasn't mature enough, I think, to handle what I think a good captain needs to be. I don't necessarily know if he was the best leader. Uh, to say whether it's fair or not that someone at the age of 21 should be a great leader or should be a great captain, I guess that's up for debate. But I guess I haven't seen a ton of what I would want to think would be franchise sort of like leadership that a, a player of this caliber would be looking to do. And I think he still has a lot of maturing to do. There's no question, of course. I mean, when healthy, there's no question the talent that Eichel is and that the Sabres have with this player. Uh, but it just seems like he has not been able to mesh with, at times, guys in the room, uh, whether it's representing the franchise, that great if you want to you know, have a captain do that. There's been times where that's been questioned. Uh, to me, though, the fact that this team just can't figure out a way to win with a group today, I tweeted out, I said, it, there's a very good chance that Eichel, Reinhardt, Ristolainen, and Allmark that have kind of been now a part of this last 
three to four years of real bad failure, like they could all be elsewhere next season. And I think it's an easy argument to make that the team, uh, if they're going to turn the page, they could have a whole new look and a whole new attitude. It's not to say that they'll be better uh, <laughs> because you're getting rid of a ton of talent by getting rid of those four players. But there's a scenario I could see where all four of them end up actually playing elsewhere next season. Yeah, I mean, I put out a poll about 15, 20 minutes into the afternoon show today with Chopin Bulldogs, simply asking, will Jack Eichel still be on the Sabres at the start of the 2021-22 season? It's been up for, like I said, about three hours now, over 3,000 votes, and it has steadily stayed at 75-76% of people saying, no, he will not be with the Sabres next year. So it seems, you know, with the comments that Eichel said today, with obviously the frustration boiling over with the fan base, you know, Sabres fans are believing that, you know, he's played his last game here in Buffalo. Yeah, and if that actually ends up being the point, it is it is sad in the sense that, I mean, the, the contract that was given, the captaincy that was given, obviously the team... Well, let's face it, let's not mince merds here. They lost on purpose, knowing that they would get either Connor McDavid or Jack Eichel uh, by losing on purpose and, and hopefully selecting no worse than second in the draft. You know, it's very, very uh, you know, ambiguous to sit here and say, well, what had they won that lottery? And what have they gotten Connor McDavid? Mm-hmm. What could have been? What does the roster look like now? What is, it, does, is there still a playoff drought? Is there something different? You know, obviously that would have been interesting to see that play out, but it didn't work out that way. The, the lottery odds we knew were still in favor of the Sabres getting Eichel much more than it was getting McDavid uh, at that time. So, you know, you look at back and say, geez, five years, and you didn't even get a taste of a playoff game. That's the thing that really bothers me. At some point you might say, well, moving on from Eichel is – something that you have to do but you had zero success like tell me a spot where Eichel has been tell me a spot where he has been in a big game and that's the thing I mean we mocked Jason Bottrell for the meaningful games in March mantra Eichel has not had a meaningful game as a member of the Buffalo Sabres where standings mattered like since he's really been here I mean yes they had remember they had that best record in the league to start one season and they had that 11-game winning streak there or 10-game winning streak here. and there. But that still never even got to the second half of the year after the All-Star break where you really had truly meaningful games. And it's too bad because I would have loved to have seen Jack Eichel in a Sabre uniform in a pressure spot or in a playoff game. And maybe we still will. But yeah. <laughs> right now it's, it feels like we're resigned to the fact that maybe uh, today is the first part of what could be a process of another rebuild, which just – sounds just absolutely horrifying to think about as a Sabre fan because it just you keep hitting bottom and then you think okay you're digging out and then you hit bottom again and then we keep digging out and then you hit bottom again and it's like well where at some point here will you actually get back up and going and it just there's no there's no positive look at it right now for sure it just I can see why it's a very very depressing day for anybody that's associated with the Sabres organization or if you're a longtime Sabre fan like Today is a definite bad day. It ranks right up there to me with July 1st, 2007, when Mm -hmm. Briere and Drury left and went elsewhere. It ranks right up there with the day Dominic Hasek was traded for essentially nothing because he put the franchise in a tough spot by basically saying, I don't want to be here. I mean, there's, there's some of these days like this where you really sit here and say, like, these are dark moments in franchise history. We may look back on this one, too, as the day that Eichel said, basically, I don't want to be here anymore. Yeah, no, it seems like 
The writing is on the wall. Like I said, it's very eerily similar to the O'Reilly situation, if not worse than that, you know, right now. But like I said, I wanted to keep things somewhat positive tonight. If you want to keep up with Sabres coverage, check out uh, the on-demand audio in on-demand for WGR550.com. We've got Eichel's interview, Reinhardt, Ristolainen, all the guys that spoke today. Uh, you can also check out Paul Hamilton's article over at WGR550.com as well you know, his thoughts on the Eichel comments. But, Brian, you know, we're going to shift gears over to baseball. That's how I told you I want to keep things light. We don't want to worry about the past, what's happened here in Buffalo sports over the last 10 years. We want to look forward to the future, what's on the horizon this summer in Buffalo. And that is, of course, the exciting news that the Blue Jays are going to be back at Salem Field. And, you know, that should give people something to be excited about. We're going to have a good competitive winning team playing in Buffalo before football season starts. And most importantly, people can go see it in person. Last year, it was such a tease to have a Major League Baseball team playing in the Bison Stadium in downtown Buffalo. But essentially, people shut out. I mean, even the few folks that braved trying to stand out by the throughway entrance ramp, trying to peek a view to get in, uh, then they ended up closing off some of the other vantage points that you really could see. So, yes, this year fans will be invited in. There will be tickets. It will actually almost feel like somewhat of a real sporting event. Yes, unfortunately, not at, limited, not at full capacity, but it will be at full capacity. But to me, like having the Jays back is gonna be, in Buffalo is going to be really cool, but having fans in the stands is what's really, I think, going to make it uh, a really, really memorable experience. And, of course, some – marquee teams on the schedule here too yes opening up against the marlins is cool uh but then you'll get the astros in there and for fans that want to go down and give the astros a hard time go for it i'm sure that'll be fun and then the yankees after that i mean that's going to be the premier ticket uh in buffalo sports basically i would say after a bills playoff game like it was last year uh i you know seeing the yankees in buffalo against the blue jays for a lot of fans this is one of their favorite teams ever Uh, after you know after the bills and the sabers for a lot of people listening right now, the Yankees are probably their third favorite team, and they'll get a chance to see them right in downtown Buffalo. I think that'll be a very, very cool moment. Brian, you totally glossed over the fact that your Orioles are also going to be playing a huge series in late June here as well. That's not on the marquee for the upcoming series? Well, personally, for me, it is. I just I know my audience here, there's a lot more Yankee fans listening right now than there are Orioles fans. But um, Yes, last year, very fortunate in the fact that it was essentially almost all divisional opponents. Uh, I got to see the Yankees and the Orioles and the Rays uh, and the Red Sox quite a bit uh, for all those games uh, down at Salem Field when uh, they played that schedule that was compacted. And we got to see a few of the NL East teams as well. With the, oh, yeah. The, the Mets and the Phillies and, you know, some, and uh, some of the other teams. So that was kind of a, a nice treat to see those teams as too. But um, to, to have a major league sporting event in Buffalo where there's going to be fans in attendance, I think uh, that'll be a moment that I think a lot of fans won't ever forget. I really, really, really think that baseball in Buffalo could be something that could work with fan support. Yeah. It probably is not a, not a realistic conversation to have when it talk when it, you talk about really what it takes to have a franchise, and that's you know a lot of corporate dollars, a lot of sweet sales, a lot of sponsorship. I just the money, the TV market deals, like just all of that. Unfortunately, right now is just not there. So, this is probably for a lot of us going to be the chance to see Major League Baseball in Buffalo, and uh, 
you know, I would say, like, you try to find a way to get to the ballpark at least once and take advantage of what I think will be a once-in-a-lifetime moment for a Buffalonian. Yeah, I know a lot of people, like you said, have talked about going to see the Yankees, the Red Sox. I know a ton of people are probably looking forward to go to that first three-game weekend series against the Astros that first weekend of June. I mean, Brian, you know, the Astros, they were probably the only group of people in the entire country, not the entire world, that did benefit from the COVID-19 pandemic. I mean, not in a way that you would think, but their their whole scandal, everything that came out from that, that just, it wasn't brushed under the rug, but they never really had that full, you know, revenge tour. And as far as revenge, I mean the fans getting revenge on them for cheating their way to a World Series. So it'll be interesting how Buffalo fans greet these Astros when they come to town to see if they have a lot of remorse towards them. Yeah, it was interesting to see the Yankee Stadium, the fans there didn't forget about it when they were there last week for that series, and they kind of gave them a hard time, which I thought was totally appropriate. But you're right. The the COVID pause really kind of put the Astros cheating scandal at least a little on the back burner, because when baseball did come back, it was about COVID. It was about playing in front of empty stadiums. There were no fans there to boo the Astros, you know, each time that they had come up to bat. So a lot of that sort of mystique and storylines really wasn't there and you know even now uh, where you're playing in front of quarter fans or third fans or half fans in terms of a full stadium it doesn't maybe have the effect that it would if there were 50,000 people at Yankee Stadium last week there were some cool you know moments for that but um, it also you know a year later on the calendar people forget about it a little more but that definitely would have been the probably the biggest storyline to start baseball last year had it started on time would have been how the Astros are greeted every visiting ballpark that they end up going to. Well, the nice thing about you know the Blue Jays playing in Buffalo this summer is not only that they're going to have a lot of good matchups, a lot of fun opponents to see, but this is a talented young Blue Jays team, too. I mean, yes, they brought in a couple big veterans in the offseason, and George Springer, who, as it just so happens, is on the injured list for the second time already this season, and Marcus Simeon. But aside from those guys, I mean, Vlad Jr. is starting to become a star. He's got the second-highest on-base percentage in the league behind Mike Trout, Biggio, Bichette, Guriel Jr., all those guys are coming into their own. I mean, if you are a fan of just baseball in general, forget about your allegiance to the Blue Jays or something other team but this is a team that's got guys that you want to come out and see oh definitely and if you at all regularly follow the bisons you know that there's some of these players beyond even vladimir guerrero that have been a part of this blue jays team now that are really contributing quite a bit you know biggio we know has been a uh, a guy that's really contributed as well gary l jr has been a guy that's been great bichette's been a guy that's been great um, you had, obviously you said that they added George Springer, so there's another player that I think could really be a talent. And, you know, even some, some lesser-known guys down, you know, catcher Danny Jansen, a guy like that. I mean, he's a guy that's kind of a regular in and out of the lineup uh, at catcher. So this team's exciting. They obviously have added some great offense with Springer, which I think once he can kind of stay healthy, he's been in and out, as you said, twice. Uh, I think the Blue Jays offensively have just as exciting as almost any lineup in Major League Baseball. If their pitching can come through, I don't see any reason why they can't make the postseason again. Uh, Charlie Montoyo, the manager, kind of really goes with the analytics when he's dealing with his pitchers. He doesn't let his starters go that long. For the most part, he wants them to see the lineup twice, and then he usually pulls the court on it. You know, if, if Ryu is Tung Jing Ryu is pitching their, their ace, he might give that a little more of a look, but 
other than that, the rest of the starters, it's pretty much two times through the lineup, and then it, he kind of goes what the numbers say the rest of the way. can agree with it or disagree with it, but at least you kind of know what's happening with Toronto there. And that's why I think their offense has really got to carry them. And I think they can. Uh, Guerrero is a great story. He really trimmed out, put on, put on some more muscle, but also really thinned out, got rid of some of, mm-hmm. let's face it, some of the, the weight that you don't want on your body. And he's really, really turned into the superstar that I think a lot of guys have been, were really kind of anticipating uh, when that first happened, when he was first obviously taken by the Blue Jays and then ended up being with the Bisons last year, two years ago. Uh, when he was playing uh, in AAA. Just a tremendous start to his AAA career. Then Major Leagues, it started with a flash, and then it kind of failed, you know, kind of went off a little. Toward the end of last year, I thought he really got his game back, but you could really see the commitment that he did this offseason. So uh, there's no reason why Guerrero can't develop into that superstar. He's, I think, so far showing it in this first month of the season. He's done a really nice job. Yeah, so if people want to go out and check out the Bisons, or excuse me, the Blue Jays, this summer at Salem Field, tickets for the first eight home games, that's two against the Marlins, three against the Astros, and three against the Yankees, go on sale this Thursday morning, that's May 13th at 10 a.m. on the Blue Jays' website. Tickets for the series against Baltimore later this June go on sale June 3rd at 10 a.m., and future homestand ticket sales will be announced at a later date. It's expected to be on a month-by-month basis. And, of course, fans who wish to attend games at Salem Field must show valid proof of a COVID-19 vaccination or negative COVID-19 test before entering. And speaking of that, you know, Brian, with it being pro baseball in Buffalo now, this gives people a lot of opportunities to kind of possibly see their first professional baseball action live and in person. Last week I was talking to Joe DiBiase and he told me he's never seen a Major League Baseball game in person before. He's like, and I don't know if I should try and get down there. And I said, yes, you should absolutely go. And he said, well, I'm not so sure if it'll be the same experience. It's not a Major League park. But I told him, no, like being in the stadium last year, seeing professional teams play in your home city in the ballpark that's in your home city is a once in a lifetime experience. So whether it's Joe DiBiase or anybody who's on the fence about going, and I'm sure Brian will echo, make sure you make your way out to Salem Field if you can for a game. I agree. I think you got to at least try to do it once. And you know what? Ticket prices for some people might be the reason that will determine how often they actually go and you know obviously i'm not going to sit here and spend people's money for them but i think if you have the opportunity to at least go once you should do it Uh, having a major league game in the stadium like there's a there's an extra sort of uh, intensity there's a there's a vibe to it Uh, when when you're there for a bison game on a friday or saturday night in the summer and it's filled it's a really 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 fun time for sure it's, it's one of the coolest things about living in Western New York, I think. Those, those bisons nights in the summer, when it's filled, you're there with buddies, you're getting your food and your beverage, like, it's a great time. But Major League Baseball, it, like, adds a little element to it to the point where we know, like, in the standings, like, these games are meaningful, and it's going to determine, ultimately, who's going to win the AL East and so on. So I think that little extra intensity, plus, let's face it, if you're there, you get to see some of these Major League stars, like, there's something to that. When, when Aaron Judge was in the ballpark last year, like that was really, really cool. When Jacob DeGrom was pitching for the Mets, that was really, really, really cool. And you'll be able to see the best Major League stars coming through here. A lot of really good teams are going to be here uh, in Buffalo when the Blue, Blue Jays are at home. So even if you can just make it one time down there, I think it'll be worth it for everybody. 
Absolutely. Like I said, tickets going to go on sale again this Thursday morning at 10 a.m. That's Thursday, May 13th. You can check that out on the Blue Jays website. Brian, thank you for joining me on the Nightcaps. I appreciate you having here, sharing some insight on the Sabres and Blue Jays. I'm going to just, you know, backtrack to Jack Eichel before I let you go. Get your last thoughts on it. I don't mean to put you on the spot, but that being said, I'm going to put you on the spot. And it, it can be like a Howard Picks the Bills thing. Your standpoint on this can change as the weeks go on until something happens. But right now, your gut feeling, you think Jack Eichel is in a Sabres uniform at the start of next hockey season? Well, my gut would say the Sabres are going to do everything possible to try to keep him and make it work. So I'll, I'll go against the majority and say I think he's on the opening day roster. Um, I, my bet is the Sabres will either drag their feet enough on this or try to make it work. Depending upon who the new coach is, they may try to chalk Eichel into saying, look, give me a few months with you. If, you know, if it doesn't work out, we can always reconvene. Um, I, I'm guessing with the changing of the guard that they'll be with coach, maybe they'll be able to s- swing things with Eichel. But this injury thing to me, boy, did it really seem like this bothered Eichel quite a bit. You could really sense that today in his call. So uh, I'm not, uh, going back on on your question here but it's it's amazing that that might be the ultimate reason you'd think him being upset about the fact that this team just can't figure out a way to win and that he doesn't want to be stuck in a team that's in dead last every year like that would be your most strongest reason for not wanting to play for an organization before and i would fully understand it but maybe what's the tipping point is about his injury and his surgery decision and that to me is just weird and I guess added to the file of many weird things that we've seen with the Sabre franchise over the last decade. and That's why we're sitting here talking about why they're going to finish in 31st again. <laughs> well, if we get to that point next year, you know, well, hopefully, I, I don't even want to think about that right now. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's, let's exit this Eichel talk for now. Let's table this. Brian, thank you for joining me again tonight. I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk soon. And hopefully we see each other out at Salem Field later this summer for some Jays games. Looking forward to it. Thanks, John. All right, that was Brian Koziel joining us. We will uh, take a quick break, get some messages in from our friends and sponsors. And uh, Pat Malacaro, the Bison's radio play-by-play man, will join us on the other side of the break. If you want to call in, give your thoughts uh, on Jack Eichel or anything on the Blue Jays or Bison's, uh, call in at 716-803-0550 in the next five minutes. I'll be able to get to the phone, and we will try and get you on. So we're going to take a quick break and be right back for more with Pat Malacaro on the Nightcap. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, 
You deserve an ice cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. I would say I, I've been a bit upset about the way that things have been handled since I've been hurt. I'd be lying to say that things have moved smoothly since my injury. So yeah, I think that there's been a bit of a disconnect, I think, from the organization a bit and myself. And, you know, it's been tough at times. But right now, for me, I think the most important thing is just trying to get healthy and figure out a way to be available to play hockey next year, you know, wherever that might be. That was Sabres captain Jack Eichel earlier today during locker clean-out day at Key Bank Center voicing his displeasure with the Buffalo Sabres and how his injury has been handled this year. And it seemingly has put us in this spot where we are now questioning on whether Jack Eichel will be with the Buffalo Sabres at the start of next season. If you have any thoughts on that, call in at 716-8030-550 and share You can also hear Jack Eichel's full interview from today on demand at WGR550.com along with interviews from Sam Reinhart, Rasmus Ristolainen, Jeff Skinner, Kyle Oposo, Linus Olmark, Jake McCabe, plenty of Sabres veterans talk today so you can hear from all of them again on demand. And of course, Paul Hamilton has his thoughts on Eichel's comments over at our website, WGR550.com as well. So we talked to Brian Koziel last segment about Eichel and the Sabres and also some baseball. We're going to stick with someone here at WGR who's very uh, intertwined with both the Sabres and the baseball happenings here in Western New York. So Pat Malacaro joining me, the radio voice, one of the radio voices of the Buffalo Bisons, I should say, and we'll get into that. But first, Pat, you, as like Brian, a part of Sabres coverage here on WGR, you've been around the team for a number of years now. Just your initial thoughts on Jack Eichel's comments today and what you think his future here in Buffalo could be. Hi, John. I think it's something everyone really can relate to when, when you listen to what Jack Eichel had to say. And, you know, I thought Paul Hamilton's question to Jack about, um, you know, phrasing it the way he did was, was a, the right – it makes it relatable to everybody where, you know, you, you may have a conversation with your doctor and you may, you may decide one thing, but, you know, in this situation – I think it's it's easy for fans to understand where Jack Eichel is coming from, and you know the frustration of the fan base right now that you know you're now ten years without the postseason. You've done a number of things and been asked to buy into a certain number of things over the last decade uh, that was going to make this team successful if it was going to happen correctly. And unfortunately, I think you know that's where where a lot of this comes back to is. It's just now the, the, this is just another thing added to the list of the different things that have, that have taken place over the last 10 years um, for the Sabres that, that really just keep this team kind of stuck in the same position they're in, uh, not even just standings-wise, but just you know the, the feeling around, around town of this team right now. It's, it's, it feels like it's just kind of been in the same uh, spot for the last 10 years. So that's, I, I think, you know, it's something, like I said, everyone, fans can relate to, and it's it's just kind of emblematic of, of the way things have kind of gone. I asked Brian this question at the end of my time speaking with him earlier. I'm going to bring it up now to you. 
again, putting you on the spot a little bit, and I told Brian it can be like Howard picks the Bills. You can change your opinion on this as the weeks go by until it happens. But right now, Pat, in your gut, do you think Eichel's a Sabre at the start of next season? I thought Brian put it put it perfectly, and, and it, it's a situation where it doesn't look, uh, you know, it, it's obviously not a good situation right now, um, but it, it's such a tough spot, and if you're the Sabres, you know, it's something Brian asked on Saturday and on the final pregame show of the season of, you know, does Jack Eichel make your team better? And I think there's no question Jack Eichel makes your team better, and any return you're going to get for uh, one of the top players in the NHL will uh, you know, unless all the players and prospects involved turn out to be superstars, the return won't be great enough. So um, it's it's something where I think you hope that Jack Eichel in the, in the front office can can work it out so that um, Eichel can get back to uh, being the top player on a team. That you look at the end of the season, and yes, it was a the results are what they are, and there's no debating, denying that this team w- was you know where they were, but there were a lot of bright spots. When you look at Casey Middlestat and the Ford ranks or Tate Thompson, defensively Henry Yokiharu and Rasmus Dahlin, there was a lot of maybe positives to look forward to. So you hope that you're able to add Jack Eichel back to that mix come the fall and you're in a better spot than you were. Well, before the fall gets there, we have the summer, and of course summer is baseball season, and we haven't had the Bisons in Buffalo for a while. We'll be distracted, thankfully, with the Blue Jays playing their home games in town this year. But, Pat, you're with the Bisons, and they're going to – well, they have returned to play, actually. I, I should have mentioned that. They started the season last week, played six games in Trenton, New Jersey, and, uh, you know, they're off to a pretty nice start. They took four of their first six games. And, you know, so just, Pat, let me start out by asking – how does it feel to finally have Bison's baseball back? Are you happy to be quote unquote back in the booth? Yeah, I mean it's it, it's it's definitely great to have baseball back, and you're right. I mean it's it's different uh, with the fact that the team is in New Jersey, and uh, for the foreseeable future, at least uh, through June, the Bison's will be whether on the road and for the road games or in Trenton, uh, serving as the home team there. It's it's different, but um, you know, I'm looking forward to when the Bison's are the home team at Salem Field again. And we'll have Bison baseball and Friday night bashes and, you know, kids run the bases on Sundays and all that goes into it because, um, you know, it, it is about the players. And, you know, there's a lot of great prospects right now that, that we'll talk about in a minute. But it, it's so much about just being at the ballpark on a, on a weeknight or a, a Friday night, Sunday afternoon, um, you know, Saturday night. And, you know, 16,000, 17,000 people are there and just having a good time in the summer. And that's what I'm looking most forward to is it. It's great. I, I'm glad the Bisons are back, and I'm glad um, we have baseball to talk about. But I'm, I'm, I'll be extra excited uh, for that first game back at Salem Field uh, when the Bisons are the home team. You know, Duke McGuire's on my right side uh, calling the game with me in the, in the booth. It'll be, it'll be extra special. Now, I assume you've been calling all these games, at least so far, and plan to call all these games from home, right? You're watching stuff on a monitor? Well, for right now, actually, we there is a, a broadcast crew in Trenton. So uh, oh. Trenton, uh, yeah, uh, Greg Deserto was a broadcaster in the in Double A baseball um, most recently, and uh, him and his crew are, are calling the game. So uh, whether it be Brad Bisbing or myself uh, here in Buffalo, we're we're keeping everyone updated via social media, Bison's dot com, um, all the different social platforms. So that that's the unique part of it right now is um, you know yes if. If the Bisons were in Buffalo this year, we 
we would be at Salem Field calling the home games and probably be calling the road games off a of monitor the way uh, that's been done in the major leagues for the past year plus. Um, so that that's an extra level of, of you know uh, uniqueness to the whole situation, but it's one that um, has worked so well so far. And I know the folks in Trenton are um, making it as easy as possible uh, the transition that had to take place in you know, just a matter of a couple of weeks, because um, as you know that you know the staff in the minor leagues and in and uh, you know, isn't the same as it is in one of the four major sports in terms of right. the amount of personnel to get things ready. So uh, it, took a, it took a great effort uh, from both sides and uh, one that's gone well so far. What have you heard from the players so far, just as far as them you know, adjusting to being in Trenton, how much they like just being back on the field? I mean, how, what have you heard from them? Is, there, is it more of their being an adjustment to being in Trenton, or are they just kind of happy to be playing wherever they are as long as they're playing? They're just happy to be back to playing games because, you know, to, to be perfectly honest, when you're in the minor leagues, you're, whether you're in Buffalo, New York, or Trent, New Jersey, or, you know, Charlotte, North Carolina, you know, you name the city, Tacoma, Washington, you're playing for that team, but you're playing to get back to the big leagues or get to the big leagues for the first time. So, uh, you know, th- that opportunity, whether you're, uh, you know, a starting pitcher like Nate Pearson uh, trying to get to the big leagues or Alec Manoa, the uh, 2019 first-round pick of the Blue Jays, trying to – establish himself at the next level it's more about just getting your work in you know wherever that wherever home might be or wherever that game might be that on that fifth day so um that's it that's what it is right now for a lot of guys you know they didn't they didn't have the opportunity to be at an alternate training site last year like um some of the 40-man players or or guys that may have been had an opportunity to to get to the big leagues last year this is their first chance to play baseball in real games again um so that's that's really where where guys are in a weekend, I think just just happy to be back to be playing baseball. So speaking of those players, you mentioned the Bisons have some talented prospects. Who are some of the guys that we should keep an eye out for, and are there any that could end up playing a big role in the Blue Jays here in Buffalo later in the season? Yeah, pitching is definitely the strength, and I know you chatted with Brian about it, and pitching at the big league level for the Blue Jays uh, may be the biggest – issue for them to, to solve this season and going forward it's going to be pitchers like Nate Pearson who uh, debuted in Buffalo in 2019 went out opening day this year he was the opening day starter for the Bisons against uh, the, the now Worcester Red Sox um, the franchise the AAA affiliate of the Boston Red Sox he, he went out uh, went three and a third innings pitched well and then Ellis Manoa who was a first round pick in 2019 as I mentioned goes out in his first AAA start and has 12 strikeouts. So he's a big kid. He's, he's, he's tall, but he's wide, and he, he's a, a bull on the mound, and he's somebody that you know the Blue Jays over the past couple of years have really looked for depth among their starting pitching. Um, and someone like T.J. Zoik, who threw a no-hitter for the Bisons in 2019 against Rochester, he's a former first-round pick out of Pitt, but he's, he's not an overpowering guy. He's more of a finesse uh, sinker fastball pitcher who uses all of his pitches. So when, when you look at the Blue Jays and what they're going to need to be successful going forward, you know, Brian, I thought Brian had it perfectly. The offense is going to be there. Vladimir Guerrero Jr., whether it's Lourdes Gurriel Jr. in the outfield, adding in George Springer this past offseason, the offense and the fielding will be there. Now it's the pitching, and it might take a little while. Nate Pearson went up yesterday uh, and, and pitched against Houston. Didn't have that great of a start because – he has not pitched much in the last 18, 16 months. And he's still a young pitcher trying to, to figure his way uh, through, through 
a lot of his mechanics. So it may take a little bit of bit of time, but uh, someone like Anthony Kay, who's been in the big leagues as part of that uh, Marcus Stroman trade in 2019, he's an interesting option for the Blue Jays. Can be a starter, can be a lefty specialist out of the bullpen, can eat up innings for you. He can do a lot of different roles. So uh, maybe not names right now that the Blue Jays will, will have in their plans, you know, if, if there are injuries that happen, but there are a few names and guys that are already contributing. Well, Pat, I just want to ask you one other thing about the players and the schedule, sort of. I've noticed that this year they've made some changes to the schedule. Every series is now a six-game stand. Have the players talked about that at all? Coaches, anyone? I mean, are there any adjustments that players or teams have to make playing one team six times in one single you know, series? Yeah, and, and that was really due to um, making sure that players are not on – airplanes uh, mm-hmm. all the time. It's, it's, it's within your division as well. So the Bisons this year will only play Rochester, Syracuse, Lehigh Valley, um, Worcester, and, um, and Scranton this year, their, their North Division, um, because uh, of travel and wanting to make it as easy as possible and you know, due to COVID-19. So that's the reason behind the schedule this year. And I think it's, it's really it's kind of a, a wait-and-see approach because you know, it's, it's – it's like the college schedule, but even a little bit further for, for some of those guys who may have played three games in a weekend in, in college and you play the same team, you start to develop a rivalry in conference. Um, that's what will be uh, interesting. And, you know, if you've got your you – know, the, the potential could have been there yesterday for Nate Pearson to face Worcester for the second time within a week. And how does a pitcher make adjustments or how do hitters make adjustments to a pitcher? Uh, somebody might start the series like Pearson did opening day it would have been scheduled to pitch uh, yesterday on Sunday. So those are all the things that really the players haven't experienced the pro level before. So it's really, I think, a, kind of a feeling out period uh, to see just how, how it'll all shake out uh, this year. Well, Pat, last one that I got for you here. It's somewhat related. You know, you're, uh, you're, you're obviously busy with the Bisons and stuff, but we talked about Blue Jays going to be in Buffalo this summer. Are you planning to get down to Salem Field at all for a game or a few games? And if so, what are some of the ones on the schedule that you've got circled? Yeah, I was fortunate last year, um, John, you'll remember, I, I ended up working. Um, I started out helping out uh, with the scoreboard and, and the line score, ended up moving into the role of being the public address announcer at the Blue Jays games at oh, Salem yeah. Field. So uh, hoping to do something similar this year and, you know, looking forward to, to being down at the ballpark. Uh, honestly, you just look at the schedule, and you've got Lou Gehrig Day early on, and the second game, I think, against Miami uh, is such an important day now in baseball and in honoring Lou Gehrig. And, you know, you've, you've got so many different moments. Uh, you know, when the Blue Jays hosted Toronto last, or hosted the Yankees last year a couple of times and just seeing them in Buffalo and not even just the the, the top players but some of the – the players that were prospects uh, four or five years ago and making an impact in the big leagues and seeing them again. So, you know, I look at whether it's the, that first series against Miami or you look at the Yankees, um, you know, you, you go towards the end of June and you've got the Mariners, you, you know, just teams, you'll never, you'll probably never have a chance to see them, uh, you know, in, in this situation again. So uh, it, it's something I'm just looking forward to. I can make a case that every game, you know, uh, is one that I'm looking forward to. Uh, so uh, looking forward to in, you know taking it month by month and seeing where things are at. And the other thing I'll, I'll mention, John, is I'm looking forward to seeing what the ballpark looks like because for fans that don't 
know, know some of it. What's going on there is uh, the bullpens are no longer uh, in foul territory. They'll mm-hmm. be moved to right center field, and there's the new lights and all those different things that 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 you know we've been used to going to games. Uh, the the field's going to look great. It look might look a little bit different because because of some of those changes. So I'm looking forward to that as well. Well, Pat, that is a great sell. Another sell on top of the one that Brian and I already gave for fans to come out to a game this summer at Salem Field. But thank you for taking some time out of your evening to chat with me, Pat. I appreciate it. We can't wait to hear you back on the call for the Bisons and hopefully the near future. And again, also hopefully we get to hear you out at the ballpark during Blue Jays games this summer. Thanks, John. Take care. All right. We'll see you later, Pat. So that was Pat Malacaro, uh, Bisons play-by-play guy once they're back here in Buffalo whenever that may happen. But I want to thank Pat again for joining me. We'll take another quick break, get a few more commercials in, and we'll be back for some final thoughts on Jack Eichel and his comments today. Stick around. Be right back for more here on the Nightcap. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. My number one interest and my number one goal is Jack Eichel. I mean, you know what I mean? You got to look after yourself. You got to look after what you think is best for yourself. And, you know, the organization has a similar job to do, but it's to look after what's best for the Buffalo Sabres. So things, I guess, maybe just haven't been very black and white. To put it in perspective, I think we're all trying to educate ourselves in this situation and what would be best moving forward. And so I think that there's been some tough conversations, but I got to do what's best for me. I'm only going to play hockey for so long, 24 years old. Hopefully I have many more good years in this amazing game left, but I got to take care of myself. And it's been tough at times, but I'll come out on the other end of it. And before I know it, I'll be back on the ice and I look forward to that. That was Sabres captain Jack Eichel earlier today in his end of the season press conference with the media. One of his many quotes that make us uncertain about his future here in Buffalo. John Simon here for Joe DiBiase. Final minutes of the nightcap here. Joe will be back tomorrow night. But just closing on Jack Eichel for the last minute here. For the longest time, I've <laughs> I've just been so hesitant to, for lack of a better term, give up on this version of the Sabres with Eichel as the captain, Reinhardt is his next guy in line, you know, Darlene, Ristolainen, this whole group. And the reason I wanted to hang on to the dream of them being a competitive team for so long is because the Sabres have this elite talent in Jack Eichel. But I've heard the point made enough times that I agree with it. It doesn't matter how good he is. They just haven't been good here for the six, seven years that he's been here. And I don't think that you should let go of talent like his just because they don't want to be at a certain city or with a certain team anymore. But it has gotten to the point where anything, anything is better than the product that we've seen for the last decade here in Buffalo. Why? Why? What's the point of having a superstar player with his capabilities if it's not going to do anything for you, if you're not going to play in the playoffs, if you're not going to play meaningful games in March or even February most seasons? What's the point of having a guy like that if you're not going to be competitive? It just adds to this frustration. It's boiled over for him. It's boiled over for us. And I've asked the question, my gut feeling, 
Jack Eichel is not a member of the Sabres at the start of the 2021-22 season. That's not a hot take. That's just my interpretation of how all this is going to go. I see the writing on the wall, and I think that that's going to be the result. I think Eichel is on his way out of town, and we'll just see how this whole situation unfolds in the coming weeks. For those who stuck around for the whole night, thank you for tuning in. I appreciate you listening. Big thanks to Brian Koziel and Pat Malacara for joining me on the nightcap. Like I said, Sneaky Joe will be back tomorrow. And uh, tune in for more talk on Jack Eichel. 6 a.m. tomorrow morning, Howard and Sal will be on to discuss uh, everything, basically, that we've talked about for the last five hours here this afternoon. Have a good night, Sabres fans. It's going to be an interesting couple weeks ahead. Hang in there.